are. We are live, previously recorded live, as it goes. Uh, here we are with another episode of the Miskatonic Alumni Association. I am one of your hosts for this random, off-the-top-of-our-head discussion. I'm Bill, and with me always is my good friend Terry. Terry, hello. Well, it's good to be back in front of a live studio audience, as they always say. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've been we've been taking like a little weekly look, I suppose, at uh, Lovecraft Country, right, as part of our whole Lovecraftian subject matter. So uh, what do we have in store this week, then? Well, today is going to be a little discussion about episode three. I think I have a lot more say about this episode. Um, you want to bring everyone up to speed on what's happened so far before we get into this uh well story-wise i mean uh let's see our main character atticus or tick um went on went in search of his father right that had disappeared and he received this strange note so he headed off with the uncle george and his friend letitia and uh evading monsters racist sheriffs they eventually came to ardham house not Arkham House, but Arkham House. A slight, uh, slight uh, change there. And um, episode two uh, really just knocked it to a bigger scale. What with uh, a ritual happening that involved him and his supposed lineage, and they rescued his father, but at a price. And that's where we were left at, at the end price. of last week, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah, it was quite a big price, and. Uh, yeah, it has many repercussions in this episode, that's mm. for sure. Uh, this episode, it from the start, it doesn't seem like it's tied into the first two episodes until the very end. But this is more of a haunted house story. And I know we discussed earlier, in probably episode one and two um, of our discussions, that there's... A lot about this series that feels like a Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. And I think that this episode was very much like a Call of Cthulhu scenario. You have the cast of characters more or less moving into like the world's most cliche haunted house. I mean, just looking at it from the outside, it's... It would be like your standard issue drawing of a haunted house. And everything inside the place is just like Halloween central. So it's really interesting that they move into a place that looks like a haunted house. It has a reputation of being haunted and being dangerous. And wild antics ensue. Do they not? Very much so. I mean... Um you know, you mentioned it, it's like a Call of Cthulhu RPG. Um, in a way, like, I always got this Betrayal at House on the Hill vibe. Yeah, yeah. You know, these characters yeah. exploring <laughs> these rooms slowly but surely. Um, but I definitely I definitely agree. Like, I remember still a while back, I don't know whether you mentioned on the show or to me outside of the show, but you were still telling me that the series was going to be like a series of smaller stories that would differ from week to week. Um, That's what I heard, yeah. And, like, for me, this one was probably the first one that felt like that. Like, the first two episodes are closely tied. I mean, it's like him searching his father, him finding this house, they find his father, end of episode two, in a way. Um, and this one, 
I felt like was the first sort of one where it started. I was like, wait, is this before something we've seen? Is this after? Like, I wasn't sure exactly where they'd started us because we didn't say five days later or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, the format was interesting. Uh, Story-wise, uh, I've got a lot to say about that, I suppose. But but um, yeah, I know Alpha's talking point is very much like the horror aspect of the show, right? Yeah. Um, do you want to go first or should I? Because I, I have a feeling like if I start talking, I might go on the rant here about well, the horror well, let aspect. Me, so. Let me give uh, give my few cliffs notes because I, okay. I don't think I, I had as many notes as you for this episode, but um, that can either be a good or a bad thing. Like, in terms of the horror aspect, I felt like this was, for me personally, the first sort of episode that felt as close to horror as I would have imagined something with the name Lovecraft in it. Like, I know the first two episodes, we've had these, like, monsters that have appeared, right? And you've had this ritual mm. with, like, what looks to be cultists and that, and you go like, oh, Lovecraft, yes, yes. But none of it was particularly scary. It was maybe strange mm. or unsettling to a slight degree, but definitely not, like, um, crap your pants scary. Uh, hmm. So this was the first one for me where there was a semblance of horror to it. Whether or not it was effective, I think, is up to each of us personally. But for myself, like, I wasn't particularly uh, scared, right? Like, I, I tend to love my horror movies, although... You know, something like this is, it's, it's but an appetizer, almost, the way mm. I felt, right? Yourself, Paul, yeah. what, what were your thoughts on it then? Well, I think I agree with you in the beginning. I thought, compared to episode one and two, I thought, okay, this is the horror episode. I, like I said, the house itself was just so cliche haunted house. The exterior looks like you imagine a in any old haunted house book how they're going to draw it but then uh, Letty she goes into the basement she's looking around inside the basement and it's like the basement is a warehouse for cast off goods from Disney's haunted house saying so, like you have the old dolls you have like just everything you see in classic horror movies stored in the basement for some reason like whoever left the house nobody cleared it out they just left all this haunted house stuff in i mean it's, it was a little heavy-handed but i thought okay they're setting it up as a haunted house they're setting it up for horror and then you get your first glimpse of a ghost when letty is sleeping and she's in bed and there's this woman just crawling up to the side of her bed and you see the face and it's all mangled. Something bad has happened to it. And it looks almost like a zombie. And you're like, okay, this is our first glimpse of true horror in Lovecraft Country. And I was really excited at first. Uh, to me, I don't think, at least by the end of it, I don't think it was horror. And even, even in the beginning watching it, Especially when that first ghost scene, I, I didn't think it was effective at all for me personally. Uh, because like you, uh, I, I, I like a slower pace of horror. I like a more atmospheric horror. And Lovecraft, the reason why I love Lovecraft's stories as they are, 
is because the horror can't actually be described. It can't actually be seen. When you're seeing these ghosts in this episode, when you're seeing the monsters or these spirits or these evil things, it in any movie, but especially here, it's going to take away from the horror because there's nothing that special effects can truly show you that is going to be scarier than your own imagination. You know exactly what terrifies you. You know what scares the hell out of you. And I think that's why Lovecraft's books work so well. He gives you enough of an idea of something unimaginable and terrifying being there, but your mind has to fill in the blanks. And as you're reading these conflicting descriptions, your mind's trying to keep up and it's like, oh my God, what is this thing? You can't understand it. And like he says, what's more terrifying than the unknown? But here it's not just known. We see clearly the ghost, very clearly. But the thing that really took me out of it was the ghosts were not, they weren't affecting the characters. They were on screen for our purpose alone. None of the characters would see them in the beginning. It's the ghost is at the bed and pulling the covers off. I think that would be a lot more effective if we didn't see the ghost. Or we just saw maybe a shadow moving there and the blankets get ripped off, but we don't see what does it. Then there was a scene when she's in the bathroom. She walks in the bathroom and standing there and reflected in the mirror. You see another ghost in the back. And then Letty's reaction. <gasps> Tick comes in the door. She sees Tick. It's not the ghost. So none of these ghost appearances were actually serving any purpose for the characters to build horror or to build dread. They were just for our benefit watching. But it's like if they're not doing anything did they need to be there it's like yeah there's a ghost standing there we we already know the house is haunted we know by this point we're watching a show called lovecraft country we know there's going to be a ghost in there do we need to see it standing there in full color and high definition like to me that the more you see of a ghost the more you see of a monster it takes away the horror but as we all know by the end of, of the episode the ghosts aren't the bad guys and again, I think that worked against it in the fact, not that they, they were the bad guys, but there was no buildup of, of our heroes, of the cast being scared of these ghosts. There was the one evil spirit in there who was responsible for killing these people who were the ghosts. He was the scary one. He was the evil thing. But I think... If everyone saw the ghosts or saw glimpses of them and just how horrifying they look, they were scared of these ghosts. And then at the end, you realize, no, they are victims too. I think that would have worked a lot better. And it would have made the actual villain ghost seem much more of a villain. Uh, and I just want to say one more before I pass it out to you. I told you I was going to go on the rant, and I apologize. But... Uh, the villain goes to, I think he was just over the top, it, especially at the end when they do the ritual and they're confronting him and the ghost coming in, the way he's reacting, it was just too Scooby-Doo for me. And he's like, just there like, ah, kind of thing, just growling and like sneering. 
but I don't like when they humanize ghosts. Okay, I it, they don't seem supernatural. It's just a person with like white powder on their face to make them look pale. It, it stops being scary. It stops being horror. That's why if I could go into it, like I I I didn't end up enjoying. Um, the Haunting of Hill House, I believe, was a Netflix series. I didn't enjoy American Horror Story because the ghosts are just starting out being people. They're just kicking it. It's like there's no difference being alive or dead. It's just what side of life are you on? So I, I did not like the horror by the end of it. As, as hyped as I was in the beginning, it, it turned out to be a letdown for me. With that said... I did enjoy the episode still as it is because I felt the true horror and the true fear again was the racism and what the humans were putting them through. And like I said in the last episode, it's that extra aspect, it's that extra level and layer that's on the show that even in these weak points like this, it still keeps it a step above where uh, any other show would be at this point. So it's a unique element. But the horror itself, the ghostly supernatural horror, did not work for me. Sorry. I'm done well, with my... No, with no my that's actually given me, given me a few thoughts here. Like, um, you mentioned um, the fact that these, the ghosts are almost more for the audience's benefit than actual characters taking part in the story. And what's interesting for me is, like, two examples. The first one you mentioned, um, The Haunting of Hill House, at Hill House. Yeah. Um, Shirley Jackson, yeah. right? Like I, I read the I read the original book like about a year ago, and that was really good actually in terms of the book because you know it's never really spelled out to you what's happening or and they saw a ghostly shape wearing blah blah blah. You know, at no point do you actually feel like you understand it, and it helps the suspense of the story and. Similarly, uh, Ridley Scott's Alien as well. It's always held up as the perfect way to sort of present like a monster. You you know like you don't show it. You give hints yeah. or like quick glimpses. Um, and I, I felt like this was the exact opposite. Like okay, scary person, scary person, scary person. But I don't know why they're showing us. Like the first time the yeah. characters of Letty sort of realizes, oh, something might be scary or wrong in my house is when she's in the back of that police wagon and the racist policeman is asking her like, mm. who made you buy that house? Did you know your house has ghosts in it? She's like, ghosts? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, come yeah. on. You know, like there, there could have been some good ways they could have dealt with this. Like they could have had something ghostly or supernatural happen and the characters are a bit wary of it but like they're instead of thinking of ghosts they're putting it to like oh it must be these racist neighbors of mine or something you know mm. there's ways they can play with it and get create suspense where we might not be sure either is it like uh one of these neighbors doing something is it a ghost or is it just imagination yeah that would have been far more effective for me than anything they actually did um like in terms of the horror as well like i felt there was a lot of pulpy tropes to it some good some yeah. bad like yeah. i think one note i wrote for myself the cgi when she puts together these photos that form this face the cgi was yeah. laughably bad for me the special effects in that um i don't know whether it was yeah. it could be one of two things they could have meant it to look bad which would be kind mm. of us to think 
or it could have just been bad. You know, if it was meant to be bad, it fits in with like some tropey, pulpy horror movie, but it yeah. sort of took me out of it. And then I agree with you when they are confronting that sort of evil villain ghost at the end. That just fell way too much as you put it, Scooby Doo like, you know, and then everybody lives happily ever after. Um, yeah. I mean, he's snarling, he's reacting to everyone surrounding him, like, ah, they're beating me. It's little. I mean, I, mean, I know, and you said pulp, and I think that's the second point that we were harping on here is just the pulpiness of this. And I think we'll go into more about pulp when we talk about the role playing game, but. Yeah, that kind of pulp style of horror that, that you get in some aspects of of the Cthulhu mythos. Not really written by Lovecraft himself, but the other authors who came later who wrote the more pulpy stories and make a more action and adventure type of Lovecraftian story. So this this episode, and the previous two as well, but this episode was... A Call of Cthulhu game, but played with the pulp rule set. So it's like you have the villain there, even though he's a ghost, he's still a very humanoid and human feeling entity. And just the way he's reacting, the way that you have to piece together his face with all the random photos that she took, took and that summons his face to just come and scream, get out. Uh, which uh, he did scream, get out, right? I think so, yeah. Get out of my house. He kept, uh, with yeah, his, like, sort of inhabiting tick. Uh... Yeah, I, I, I wondered if that was going to be a callback to, uh, to, um, Jordan Peele's Get Out movie, if that's why, why he put it in there. Like, I thought he was just gonna stop with Get Out, and then maybe the face would turn, like, now showing on HBO Max. <laughs> I'd actually forgotten but, that Jordan Peele was, you know, one of the names behind the series, like, yeah, yeah, he's um, the one. He's the driving force behind it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't. A, it was a bad show. It wasn't a bad show. There was some points, like mm-hmm. you know, when she's determined to sort of rid this house of the ghost, and then her neighbors are watching as she comes with like what I'm assuming is a witch doctor as they sacrifice a goat in front <laughs> of the house. I was like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. if they didn't ingratiate themselves with the neighbors by that point, I mean, certainly after the goat gets its throat slit on the porch, then they're, they're not going to be invited to any block party after that, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it I, don't was, think I, I, I don't think I've really got much more to say about the horror aspect. Um, I think it, no. it wasn't as effective as it could be. That, that's like my sort of feeling about it after seeing the show. Yeah, yeah. And same, like, like I say, if I just jumping back to to the horror part instead of the pulp but uh the i i think the real horror in the series is and we've seen that in episode one two and now in three even with all this stuff in episode one with monsters episode two with with cultists and magic episode three with a haunted house the true uncomfortable horror has been humans that it has come from the situations that these truly despicable but a hundred percent earthly human beings are putting these characters into and it it's those scenes where i'm actually feeling scared because like it's there's a sense of hopelessness 
Mm. And like this isn't Lovecraftian horror. And especially like the social commentary part, that's not Lovecraftian at, at all. But the one thing it does have in common is that sense of utter hopelessness that there's nothing you can do in this situation. You can't win. And that's the situation that these people are existing in. And it has nothing to do with the monsters or the supernatural at all. And to me, those scenes are what really shake me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, one final thought maybe from me in terms of the horror was, um, especially because this is a show that's trying to have like some commentary on racism and be a horror mm-hmm. show at the same time. I've, I would really hope they would have gone away the same way as uh, John Peel's Get Out, where, mm. you know, there's this commentary on racism, but at the same point, what made that really good, that movie for me, was that I was never really sure the first time I was watching, like, what is going on here? Like, you know, and there's always that little twist right at the end, uh, but mm. in a better way than, like, let's say, M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. I, I was really hoping that, that was probably my big letdown is it found more of a ghost story with a Lovecraft name to it than an actual cosmic horror, the unknown that drives you crazy, whatever that we're more used yeah. to in terms of Lovecraftians then. But, but that's yeah. it. The one thing I think they really did very well in this episode was very much uh, the pulp aspect that they've been hitting on since mm. the very first shot we had in episode one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that opening of episode one, uh, that is just completely pulp out there with all these characters from pulp novels appearing and just mashed together, like like we said, like uh, Ready Player One, but in the 1950s. Uh, but I- I'm glad you brought up that opening scene because it's kind of called back to in this episode when... Uh, Tick goes to visit his father and his father is just getting drunk and just trying to get through the loss of his brother. Uh, He tells the story that when they were, I guess, George and Montrose were were boys. I don't know how old. I don't don't quite recall that scene. That they were rescued. They they were being attacked by, by whoever and they were rescued by a man who looked like Jackie Robinson and came and fought off the attackers with a bat. And Tick said, oh yeah, I, I, I heard that story so many times. Like He even uh, appears in my dreams sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like that was the dream we see in, in episode one. Which, I wonder, what connection does that have? How, how is that going to come into play? Because that, there has to be more to it. If that was an actual event in his father's life, now it's a character who invades his dreams and we all know dreams are very big in lovecraft stories as well so if the actual physical artem or arkham is a real place in this lovecraft country then perhaps the lovecraftian dreamlands are going to have some kind of role to play too which again leads into the pulpiness because there's so much pulpy action adventure that can happen in the dreamlands and you see Again, the pulpy tropes that we have in this episode. Um, we talked about already the confronting the ghost, the putting together the pieces of the puzzle to summon the ghost, and bringing in 
the the witch doctor, the voodoo priestess, whatever she is, and just going through the ritual and everything going wild in the room. But I, I think another trope of that was the was the children playing with the Ouija board in the basement, how they're bringing out this very clear, obvious communication tool. But uh, one more scene. The, in this Winthrop house, the name of it, um, when they're throwing the party, Hippolyta, Aunt Hippolyta, she finds this room open up and there's a gold solar system model in there, like a really intricate solar system model. And it's like really presented us mysteriously that the door opens, Hippolyta comes in and she's fixated on this thing that takes center stage in the scene and then it's gone. So it's like it's setting it up for some kind of cosmic thing. You know, Cthulhu in the Cthulhu mythos, there's the line, the stars are right. When the stars are right, that's when these great old ones, these these blasphemous gods are going to come back. And now we have a solar system model, a very intricate, fancy one. And that seems to me like it's going to be a seed of adventure for some kind of pulp episode coming up. But I'm just speculating. Yeah, I, that was a scene that actually stood out to me because I, I wasn't really... A aware of the significance of it because it was presented to us like okay this is really important why she's yeah. in it i'm like i don't know she's walking in there I was, at first i thought is this supposed to remind about something of uncle george did uncle george like this um but i i don't recall that he ever went like oh yes so the, the golden model of the solar system i had <laughs> in my youth or whatever like so i wasn't too sure like maybe like you say it comes back in another episode or two um, that would be a very J.J. Abrams thing to do, you know, yeah. like some small thing in an episode and then 10 episodes later, oh, yeah, remember that little scene? Now it's really important. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the, the, the pulp thing of this, this, that was probably, I know the original book is supposed to also feature, like, quite a lot of pulpiness in terms of how it's written. Mm. You know, um, I... I I feel it's been hit or miss so far in this season for me in these three mm. episodes. There's been parts where I've seen, I've gone like, oh, that's really pulp, you know, like Jackie mm. Robinson, like uh, slicing Cthulhu in half with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. You know, stuff like that seems really pulpy for me. It fits in perfectly with the 50s. But at the same point then, this horror one was like a mix. It was like 50-50 for me. Like there was like a bit of like Stephen King's scary looking ghosts plus mm. pulpy sort of 50s uh racism slash like eradicating the ghost and that so i don't know it was hit or miss for me but in terms of the presentation it was okay i i don't actually have much more to say on the pulpiness myself though because like i said it was no. just 50 50 for me yeah uh... and yeah i i think we covered like the main points that that we mentioned before um when we were just getting ready to do this episode i i mean there, there's all little details that that we could pick on or to highlight but we still don't really know where they're going but mm -hmm. um like, i i don't think it's in our interest to keep droning on and on about things that we don't have fully formed thoughts on yet but definitely yeah the the uh, i think the last thing to say about the pulpiness from from my side would be again the ending there how um little miss braithwaite 
is behind it all. She's the one that got the house into Letty's hands in the first mm-hmm. place because the house is tied into the Sons of Adam and she's looking for the missing pages from their, their what was it, Book of Names? or Yeah. Or I believe that was the name of it. And, and then she uses her magic again, like, instantly as a sorcerer. So lots of poppy aspects there. But I think we could save more of that for a future episode. I... I I think we got our point across here. Yeah, I think um, as is our uh, tradition for each week, um, again, a couple of books that made an appearance or reappearance in this episode. Um, the first one mm-hmm. is Dracula. We see old uh, yep. Hippolyta tearing out pages. I wasn't really sure why she was tearing out pages. I know later on we we find that um, when Montrose like, picks up the book as it falls out, he says, like, oh, this was uh, George's favorite one. Right, so I wasn't mm. sure exactly what was the significance of her tearing out the pages. Um, yeah, and then yet again, Count of Monte Cristo, third week in a row we've seen that. So yeah. clearly, Count of Monte Cristo has got to be something that they're like, look at this book; it has something <laughs> yeah. to do with this series. Uh, they're hitting say, us I'm, over the head with it, yeah. Yeah, I can't say it's really um, endearing me to it. Like, I, I, you know, I, I don't think I've actually read Count of Monte Cristo. I've just got like a Cliff's yeah. Notes version in my head. So, mm-hmm. so far, those were the only two I spotted, though. And, you know, the usual book of names they mm. mention and all that. Um, I don't know. Bull, did you have any other small things from the from this week that you saw? No, not not particularly. I mean, I, I mentioned the, the books, too, or I wrote down about the books, too, but no, I I think, I think it was it, it was pretty straightforward as trying to be a haunted house episode and setting up whatever the story is going to be with the Winthrops and the Book of Names down the line. But no, I think I think this was a pretty compact episode and it seems to be a one and done. And who knows what the next story is going to be. Yeah, I think uh, I think that pretty much wraps up our thoughts on this week, right? For the show. Um, I know we, we've got a couple more episodes we're planning to get out in the near future. Yeah. Like, um, let's see, the next one we want to deal with, I think, uh, was one you're particularly keen on, right? The Call of Cthulhu RPG Definitely, introduction. Yeah, yeah probably um, before we get the episode four video up for Lovecraft Country, yeah, probably this weekend we're going to film one about uh, something I'm really thrilled and passionate about the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game because I know a lot of people who are just starting to discover Lovecraft through this series even though it's not really Lovecraft so I think a lot of people are going to want to experience for themselves like this type of horror um, whether it's traditional Lovecraft or pulpy Lovecraft and want to play games and um, they might not be aware of the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. So I don't want to do anything in-depth, but I want to point people in the right direction and just share why it's one of the greatest games I've ever played. Yeah, as as someone who's only got like the barest of experience with it, I'm actually looking forward to that myself. It's a, a really cool system from what I've seen, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. I know um, from my side, like I'm hoping we, to at least get some work done on a couple of classic Cthulhu uh, PC games that I'd like to try and stream. I know yeah. we've got a, a a rather bare bones Twitch channel that we'll hopefully be using <laughs> more in the future. But um, I definitely like to get out one or two. I'm not sure when exactly, but so I think we'll mm-hmm. we'll try and get that Cthulhu episode out and then hit Lovecraft Country again uh, for episode four yep. next week. 
But, um, yeah, we got that, a lot more after that. Yeah, but also, I uh, should mention, I mean, you said Bare Bones Twitch channel, but uh, thanks to you, you've already gotten this out on all the different podcast locations around the internet. So, I mean, these videos, like you said before, they're also available as podcasts, and that's all Terry's work. Even though we don't have much to share right now, just a random talking, once we do give a little more entertaining stuff. I mean, Terry got you covered. If you can't stand looking at my ugly mug the whole time while we're talking, you could listen to my grating voice instead. There we go. And of course, we're always looking forward to uh, feedback, constructive criticism, yeah. communication, anything. I'm, I'm sure people can just hit us up on mm -hmm. YouTube comments. Um, and yeah. I know Anchor's got like a voice message thing. If you listen to the podcast, everything should be in the, the little notes or whatever. Um, Plus, Twitter. Where yeah, we got Twitter. our Twitter there. Some people are talking to us on Twitter. That's good. Uh, Instagram. We got we got some chatty people on Instagram. That's good. Again, like we we mentioned way back in episode one, we're not really doing this to become YouTubers. We're doing this because we we just love the Cthulhu mythos. We love talking about with other fans, and what a better way to get involved by then by putting out these videos and just opening up the discussion and talking to people so that that's why we're doing yeah. it so please don't don't be shy jump in jump in the conversation yeah whether whether you're a newcomer or experienced person in the cthulhu mythos i mean all are welcome and i can definitely give a recommendation to the uh hplhs the howard philip lovecraft historical society um oh, yeah. in the doobly-doo oh, yeah. underneath um, oh, yeah. and the face group, Facebook group I mean a bunch of awesome people there and who've helped us out a bit with the podcast and the YouTube and what have you so we can amazing people yeah yeah please please if you do nothing else even if you don't comment on this video uh, please just just expand the details and read about the wonderful people who, who have been so kind to help us in putting this together even though we have nothing I mean they, they are just the, the people be, who are fans of Lovecraft's mythos, I mean, they're, they're some of the most wonderful people you can meet and talk with. So please check them out and support them if you can. Mm. Perfect. Thanks a lot. So I think that's, uh, that's all for this week, right? So uh, yeah, look forward to seeing everybody next here. week again then. Yeah, right? It, it, I think so, yeah. Or, or maybe even sooner with the Call of Cthulhu video. But... Yeah, I think we're getting ready for that. But thanks for joining us if you stayed this long. And uh, yeah, look forward to the next video. Perfect. Peace, seeing you.